now, America's healthcare advocate, Carrie Hall. Hello, America. Welcome to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA from Alaska to Florida, all the way to Hawaii. Producer today, Ms. Karen Carson. I'm your host, Carrie Hall. This is your show, America. Thank you for joining us and making us one of the most listened talk shows throughout the United States. 294 affiliates strong. Thanks to all of you in our listening audience. So our podcast platforms have become very popular. We're getting a lot of people uh, going up and listening to these shows on the podcast platforms. You can also follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at AHA Radio Show. That's AHA Radio Show to pick us up if you want to follow us on any of those platforms, Facebook, Instagram, etc., etc. If you have any questions about health insurance, any of you out there that are chronologically challenged, it's Medicare open enrollment season. You can talk to the lovely Joyce Thompson at RPS BBDI at 877-385-2224. And if you're looking for employer-sponsored health care, Jim Lodge is your guy, also at 877-385-2224. Today's show is going to be very interesting. I've worked a long time to get this show on the air, and through the help of some folks at the VFW in Washington, D.C., Robert Cotier and some other folks, we've been able to get this put together today. We're going to be talking with Patrick D. Murphy. He is a director of National Legislative Services for Veterans of Foreign Wars in the United States. He is in Washington, D.C., joining us by phone. Thank you. How are you today, Patrick? I'm doing well. Glad to be here. Well, we're happy to have you and uh, look forward to doing this show today. So, as many of you in the audience know, I am a VFW member. I'm a Vietnam veteran. And these topics, when I talk about the VFW and what they do in the VA, are near and dear to my heart. Um, I've actually got a friend right now going through a very difficult time in the hospital. Um, who um, I've encouraged to join the VFW and had, has not done that. He is a Vietnam veteran as well, and probably if he had done it, things would be a little different right now. So th- the purpose of this show today is basically to, to bring this information to you in the audience, whether it is a veteran listening to this show or whether it is a family of a veteran listening to the show. The VFW is an advocate. This is what they do, uh, and they do it really well. Uh, we're going to talk about all those things that they do and how they do them and how they can benefit if you've got a veteran in your family or if you are that veteran, how they can benefit you. But let's talk a little bit about Patrick Murray first. He is the Director of National Legislative Services for the Veterans of Foreign Wars of the United States. It is his responsibility to plan, coordinate, and implement VFW's national legislative agenda with members of Congress, their staff committees, and, and federal departments. Pat served five years in the United States Marine Corps Reserve as an infantry non-commissioned officer. In 2006, he deployed to Fallujah, Iraq, where his unit conducted hundreds of counterinsurgency operations in support of Iraqi freedom. After rehabilitating from a wound received in Iraq, he successfully transitioned back to work in the Washington, D.C. metro and joins us today as a member of the VFW. All right, so let's just start there, Patrick, and let's talk about the history of the VFW, the fact that they are an advocate for veterans. VA is a very, (laughs) it's kind of like CMS when you're dealing with Medicare. It's a complicated government uh, bureaucracy, and trying to navigate it, if you don't know how to do it, can be frustrating, difficult, and oftentimes, if you know, looking for benefits, you may not get them if you don't know how to navigate the system. So let's just talk about the VFW in that context and how you are the advocate for veterans out there. Patrick? Yeah, it can be it can be something difficult. Uh, so the VFW was founded in 1899. A bunch of Spanish um, Spanish American War um, veterans got together, formed organizations out of camaraderie. Twenty years after that, in in, in 1919, uh, 
they started a legislative department and a service department. So here in Capitol Hill, we've been advocating and performing service officer work for over 100 years, longer than a lot of other organizations have even been around, because it can be a complicated system, and we recognize that, and the VFW invests heavily in that to make sure that service members, veterans, and their families are taken care of. You know, and let's talk a little bit about the fact that, you know, who who are you willing to help? Do you have to be a member of the VFW to get help? If you're a family member out there, and like this gentleman that is a, is a friend of mine right now um, and is having all kinds of issues, hospitalized, he's a Vietnam veteran in the Agent, Agent Orange program, just like I am, and some of what he's dealing with is more than likely from that, but they're trying to navigate this thing by themselves, and I've urged him, look, you know, Ron, if you would just get involved with VMW, they could help you. But I think it's important here to explain to people, you don't have to be a member to seek help. Am I right or wrong? That's absolutely correct. So, And actually, let me start by saying, you know, your friend, I, um, let's stick around afterwards, get some information. We can link him up with our service officers in his area, help him navigate uh, that process. The VFW is a veteran service organization. Service is instrumental in our mission. We have a network of over 2,000 accredited service officers around the country who are accredited representatives who are trained, highly trained, to help the men and women actually process their claims for veterans' benefits. Our services are for service members, veterans, and families, free of charge, regardless of membership. Okay, and that, we do that every single day. Uh, that is our charge. So we want to push that message out to everybody. Reach out. There are professionals that are there to help you. So, and let's let's go back to that for just a second. Talk about the, exactly what does the service officer do? I, so I'm a family member, um, and, and I've got I've got a father who's a Vietnam veteran, or I've got a brother who's an Iraqi Afghanistan veteran. And they're having problems with PTSD. They've got medical problems. They've got other problems. They're trying to get help with the VA. Maybe, maybe they think they qualify for some disability benefits. Maybe not 100% disability. Maybe it's 30 or 40 or 50%. But that money would help them in their day-to-day living structures. And maybe they need counseling and other things. You walk in to sit down with the service officer. What does the service officer do, Patrick? So what a service officer is going to do is really is start asking you know, who you are. Right? Where did you serve? What what brought you here today? Sometimes you know it could be a bad knee, a bad back. Uh, maybe I was exposed to Agent Orange. Maybe I breathed in toxins from a burn pit. Maybe I have issues that I want to speak to a counselor about. And they will start basically filling out your form, your claim, listing out those issues and items. They will then send those to VA, and VA orders exams for each one of those issues you outlined. A VA examiner will, you know, go either as a physical exam, mental health care uh, evaluation, whatever it might be, they'll go through, check, you know, yes, no, determine was this due to your time in service, check yes, no, et cetera, et cetera, and then send you back your decision. That decision will uh, determine, you know, how much maybe monthly compensation, what category of health care you're eligible for, if you have, you know, free no co-pays, health care, where you can be seen, things like that. Like then 
that will be your decision. That VA rating that you hear people talk about carries with a lot of other benefits. So we encourage everybody to at least talk to a service officer, ask what might be on the table, and then they can help you walk through how to get what you've earned. You know, that's really important. And I want to go back to something you said, because as with all government programs, I don't care whether it's uh, Medicare or, or, or it's CMS or, or it's ACA, um, Affordable Care Act insurance or all the rest, the VA has forms. They have lots of forms. Mm-hmm. So I just I want you to repeat what you just said. You guys actually sit down and fill those. They give you the information, the, the, the veteran, his family, whatever, but you fill the forms out and then get them to the proper channel at VA. Is that correct? Yes, and that's what our, our service officers are there to do is sit side by side with you. Uh, now, making sure that that is being done correctly Doing it yourself is not the best path forward. Let the professionals who do it every day do it. And don't pay for it unless you've exhausted all other options. Our services, all veteran service officers from any other organization, county service officers, other VSOs, free of charge. And that is really important to understand. So, you know, again, folks, that's that's why we're doing this today. That's why I asked Patrick to take time out of his schedule in Washington, D.C. to get on the air with us so I could talk to you across all of our affiliates. Um, and here's the thing, okay, you're listening to this. Maybe it is your father. Maybe it's your grandfather. Maybe it's your uncle. Maybe it's your brother. Maybe it's your husband, okay? And, you, you know, we're going to go through a lot of information here today. Go back up on the website, okay, or on the podcast platforms that I named at the beginning of the show. I'll go back to them again when we come back in from the break. And you can have them listen to this broadcast, and then they can learn what the opportunities are and how they're going to work. So we'll be right back after the break. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting here on the HI Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. Stay tuned. We've got more. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA here on the HI Radio Network. You can find out more about us by going to the website healthradio.us, healthradio.us. My producer, Ms. Karen Carson. I'm your host, Carrie Hall. Once again, those podcast platforms, I think we're on everyone out there. Google, Spotify, Spreaker, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. I'm not sure how we got on there. Pandora, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and YouTube. So we are on all of them, okay? And you can go to the website. So if you have a question, if there's something I can help you with, go to the website, healthradio.us. Send me an email. I get the emails. I answer them. I answer every one that I get. It may take me a day or two, but I will answer it. So you can also go to the website if you need to connect with me directly. Joining me, Patrick Murphy. He is the Director of National Legislative Services for the VFW um, out of Washington, D.C. He is joining us by phone today. And again, the purpose of this show is to explain the benefits, the opportunities, and how these professionals, these service officers and the people at VFW can help you, whether you are a member or not. If you're a service member, they can help you. They will help you. All right. And Patrick made a point of that in the last segment. I want to reiterate that. So you're listening out there. Once again, you've got a relative, whoever it may be. You're a family member. Maybe you're the veteran. You really haven't thought about doing this. Oh, I don't want to bother that. You really need to take a look at this. The website is vfw.org slash assistance. 
vfw.org slash assistance. If you go up there and you put in your state and your zip code, they'll tell you a phone number and how to contact them. Is that right, Patrick? That is correct. Uh, in each different state, or as we call them, departments uh, for uh, the service officer purposes, they have the phone number, the email, the name, and the address of the service officer, your state, the main service officer, and they can direct you to where other resources are as well. Yeah, and they can kind of walk you through the maze. And and, did, and, and I know this is something that happens, um, I, I don't know how frequently, but I do know it occurs because I've known people that have gone through this where they've tried to do this on their own. Um, if you are turned down by the VA for a, you know, uh, for a benefit, for a disability benefit, can the VFW go back in and help you reapply for that and do it you know, in a way that's going to make more sense and possibly change the outcome? Absolutely, yes. So our service officers, if you do decide to utilize a VFW service officer, uh, they will ask you to sign what's called a limited power of attorney. Um, then that will allow us to represent you in that claims process up to and including if there's an appeal needed. That's that's okay. That's something I you know I've done several of these shows, but that's something I did not know. So basically, you guys go in and represent the veteran instead of the veteran having to go try to do that themselves. Yes. So we'll help. Like I uh, like I mentioned, we'll help file the initial claim, track it, make sure that the results come through. If there is something that needs to be appealed. Our service officers, that's where the limited power of attorney comes in, that we can be your advocate there. We can go all the way up to representing you at the Board of Veteran Appeals, actually here in Washington, D.C., if it eventually gets to that point of needing to go to a higher level review. Wow, that is impressive. And and it certainly makes a lot more sense as I sit here and listen to you explain this, to have somebody with that level of professionalism and that experience Represent. It's kind of like going into court and trying to be your own attorney. I think you're. Yep, you always hear it. It's not advised, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's the same thing with, uh, with with service officers. Ask someone to do it again, free of charge. Costs you, you know, free ninety nine. So make sure that we utilize that service. Yeah, it really is um, uh, important. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, utilizing earned uh, earned care and benefits. You mentioned that um, you know I've got a VA card. I've had it. I've got full benefits. I don't use it um, other than the fact that I'm in the Age Orange program because I can afford private health insurance and I'm not going to take up space at a VA for somebody else that can't. But talk about that. H- how do they determine? Because I've got full benefits, but how do they determine? you know, the level of benefit you're going to receive if you're, and how do you guys help people advocate for that? So we help people sign up for, uh, for healthcare and benefits. VA healthcare is first class, world class care. Uh, there have been plenty of studies by the uh, journals of medicine that have shown that VA care as sometimes as rough as it takes a beating in the media some days is actually one of the best in the country. Um, Veterans have better outcomes who are utilizing VA healthcare. They like their providers. They like the community in which you know they're seen, being seen with other veterans, being seen by doctors and nurses who know and are experienced and are culturally competent to work with veterans. Those are all positive things that we want to help push people in as the primary provider of of veterans' care. As for benefits, there's some absolutely transformative benefits offered by the Department of Veteran Affairs, such as the VA home loan, the GI Bill, uh, the Veteran Readiness Employment Program. There's a lot of other great ones that can really set people up for success 
and help them launch their careers post-service. Now, okay, so that's a lot, and I want to go back through that. First of all, I'm surprised to hear you say, because you said they take a beating in the media, they most certainly do. I mean, we've had articles here in Kansas City, this is a number of years ago, about our VA facility having all kinds of issues, including cleanliness and operation rooms, et cetera, et cetera. Now, it's my understanding a lot of that has been corrected. But coming from you as a source of authority, you're saying that the VA healthcare is world-class healthcare now, and it's, it is as good as it gets. It is. So uh, I will never... Uh, I will never say it's perfect. Uh, it, it could always use improvements. However, if you compare it to private health care, they're doing very well. Um, the biggest case where we saw that VA really thrived was during COVID. A lot of private health care networks around the country were at their breaking limits, but VA actually had surge capacity to the point where they were actually helping out and taking some of that excess patient load in the communities because they could, because they were an established network, an established system that had resources and could provide that additional care. I'm impressed to hear that because that is certainly not the impression you get in the media, and you were absolutely correct about it. We're coming off the break here in about two minutes, but I want you to go back to a couple of things. A lot of young veterans out there, especially the Iraqi and Afghanistan guys, do not take advantage of VFW and, and what the VA offers. You mentioned home loans and you mentioned employment. Before we go to break, quickly on home loans and about employment. How can the VFW help with that to get those VA programs in place for these young guys coming back? So our service officer there to make sure that you can enroll and be eligible for the VA home loan, hopefully to waive any funding fees if you have a disability rating. Funding fees can mean thousands of dollars. That can be a barrier to home ownership. Uh, get those get those waived. And the employment and education programs, either the GI Bill or the Veteran Readiness Employment Program, can help train you, educate you, so you can get yourself a better job, get more money in your bank account, more food in your table, better homes, better situations for your families. Those are things we want to see all veterans take advantage of. You know, that's really important, folks. You're hearing a lot of information here. Like I said, it's kind of like drinking from a fire hose. But again, you go up on those podcast platforms. I'll repeat them. I come in off the break. The website, if you want to you know, find out how to get help in your area, vfw.org backslash assistance, vfw.org backslash assistance. If you plug in your zip code, they'll give you a phone number if you want to talk to somebody or you can go online and make an appointment. But all of this, all of this assistance is there. And I'll reiterate again, you don't have to be a VFW member. I would urge you to become a member. I'm a lifetime member, but you don't have to be to get assistance. All right. We'll be right back after the break with Patrick Murphy, Director of National Legislative Services for the VFW. Stay tuned. We're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA here on the HI Radio Network. You can find out more about us by going to the website healthradio.us, healthradio.us. My producer, Miss Karen Carson. I'm your host, Carrie Hall. Once again, those podcast platforms, I think we're on everyone out there, Google, Spotify, Spreaker, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, I'm not sure how we got on there, Pandora, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and YouTube. So we are on all of them, okay? And you can go to the website. 
So if you have a question, if there's something I can help you with, go to the website, healthradio.us, send me an email. I get the emails, I answer them, I answer everyone that I get. It may take me a day or two, but I will answer it. So you can also go to the website if you need to connect with me directly. Joining me, Patrick Murphy. He is the Director of National Legislative Services for the VFW um, out of Washington, D.C. He is joining us by phone today. And again, the purpose of this show is to explain the benefits, the opportunities, and how these professionals, these service officers and the people at VFW can help you, whether you are a member or not. If you're a service member, they can help you. They will help you. All right. And Patrick made a point of that in the last segment. I want to reiterate that. So you're listening out there. Once again, you've got a relative, whoever it may be. You're a family member. Maybe you're the veteran. You really haven't thought about doing this. Oh, I don't want to bother that. You really need to take a look at this. The website is vfw.org slash assistance vfw.org slash assistance if you go up there and you put in your state and your zip code they'll tell you a phone number and how to contact them is that right patrick that is correct uh in each different state or as we call them departments uh for uh the service officer purposes they have the phone number the email the name and the address of the service officer your state the main service officer and they can direct you to where other resources are as well yeah, and they can kind of walk you through the maze. And and, did, and, and I know this is something that happens, um, I, I don't know how frequently, but I do know it occurs because I've known people that have gone through this where they've tried to do this on their own. Um, if you are turned down by the VA for a, you know, uh, for a benefit, for a disability benefit, can the VFW go back in and help you reapply for that and do it, you know, in a way that's going to make more sense and possibly change the outcome? Absolutely, yes. So, our service officers, if you do decide to utilize a VFW service officer, uh, they will ask you to sign what's called a limited power of attorney. Um, then that will allow us to represent you in that claims process, up to and including if there's an appeal needed. That's that's okay. That's something I you know I've done several of these shows, but that's something I did not know. So basically, you guys go in and represent the veteran instead of the veteran having to go try to do that themselves. Yes, so we'll help, like I, uh, like I mentioned, we'll help file the initial claim, uh, track it, make sure that the results come through. If there is something that needs to be appealed, our service officers, that's where the limited power of attorney comes in, that we can be your advocate there. We can go all the way up to representing you at the Board of Veteran Appeals, actually here in Washington, D.C., if it eventually gets to that point of needing to go to a higher level review. Wow, that is impressive. And and it certainly makes a lot more sense as I sit here and listen to you explain this, to have somebody with that level of professionalism and that experience represent. It's kind of like going into court and trying to be your own attorney. I think you're a yep, lot... Yeah, you always hear it. It's not advised, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's the same thing with, uh, with, with service officers. Ask someone to do it. Again, free of charge. Costs you, you know, free 99. So... Make sure that we utilize that service. Yeah, it really is um, uh, important. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, utilizing earned and, earned care and benefits. You mentioned that um, you know I've got a VA card. I've had it. I've got full benefits. I don't use it um, other than the fact that I'm in the Age Orange program because I can afford private health insurance and I'm not going to take up space at a VA for somebody else that can't. But talk about that. H- how do they determine? Because I've got full benefits, but how do they determine? you know, the level of benefit you're going to receive if you're, and how do you guys help people advocate for that? So we help people sign up for, uh, for healthcare and benefits. VA healthcare is 
first-class, world-class care. Uh, there have been plenty of studies by the uh, Journals of Medicine that have shown that VA care, as sometimes as rough as it takes a beating in the media some days, is actually one of the best in the country. Um, veterans have better outcomes who are utilizing VA health care. They like their providers. They like the community in which you know they're seen, being seen with other veterans, being seen by doctors and nurses who know and are experienced and are culturally competent to work with veterans. Those are all positive things that we want to help push people in as the primary provider of, care, of veterans' care. As for benefits, there's some absolutely transformative benefits offered by the Department of Veteran Affairs, such as the VA home loan, the GI Bill, uh, the Veteran Readiness Employment Program. There's a lot of other great ones that can really set people up for success and help them launch their careers post-service. Now, okay, so that's a lot, and I want to go back through that. First of all, I'm surprised to hear you say, because you said they take a beating in the media, they most certainly do. I mean, we've had articles here in Kansas City, this is a number of years ago, about our VA facility having all kinds of issues, including cleanliness and operation rooms, et cetera, et cetera. Now, it's my understanding a lot of that has been corrected. But coming from you as a source of authority, you're saying that the VA healthcare is world-class healthcare now, and it's, it is as good as it gets. It is. So uh, I will never uh, I will never say it's perfect. Uh, it, it could always use improvements. However... If you compare it to private health care, they're doing very well. Um, the biggest case where we saw that VA really thrived was during COVID. A lot of private health care networks around the country were at their breaking limits, but VA actually had surge capacity to the point where they were actually helping out and taking some of that excess patient load in the communities because they could, because they were an established network, an established system that had resources and could provide that additional care. I'm impressed to hear that because that is certainly not the impression you get in the media, and you were absolutely correct about it. We're coming off the break here in about two minutes, but I want you to go back to a couple things. A lot of young veterans out there, especially the Iraqi and Afghanistan guys, do not take advantage of VFW and, and what the VA offers. You mentioned home loans and you mentioned employment. Before we go to break, quickly on home loans and about employment. How can the VFW help with that to get those VA programs in place for these young guys coming back? So our service officer there to make sure that you can enroll and be eligible for the VA home loan, hopefully to waive any funding fees if you have a disability rating. Funding fees can mean thousands of dollars. That can be a barrier to home ownership. Uh, get those get those waived. And the employment and education programs, either the GI Bill or the Veteran Readiness Employment Program, can help train you, educate you, so you can get yourself a better job, get more money in your bank account, more food in your table, better homes, better situations for your families. Those are things we want to see all veterans take advantage of. You know, that's really important, folks. You're hearing a lot of information here. Like I said, it's kind of like drinking from a fire hose. But again, you go up on those podcast platforms. I'll repeat them. I come in off the break. The website, if you want to you know, find out how to get help in your area, vfw.org backslash assistance, vfw.org 
backslash assistance. If you plug in your zip code, they'll give you a phone number if you want to talk to somebody or you can go online and make an appointment. But all of this, all of this assistance is there. And I'll reiterate again, you don't have to be a VFW member. I would urge you to become a member. I'm a lifetime member, but you don't have to be to get assistance. All right. We'll be right back after the break with Patrick Murphy, Director of National Legislative Services for the VFW. Stay tuned. We're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA here on the HIU Radio Network. You can find out more about us by going to the website, healthradio.us. My producer, Karen Carson. I'm your host, Gary Hall. Joining me by phone from Washington, D.C., Patrick Murray. He is the director of National Legislative Services for the VFW. The website for them, you've listened to a lot of information here today, vfw.org backslash assistance. They will help you or any family member. You may have a veteran to member. What? Uh, needs help, not a member of the VFW, just a veteran. You don't have to be a member to get help from them. That's one of the fantastic things about these people and what they do. I urge you to become a member uh, because of the information they put out each month. With the, There's a magazine. There are emails that come out constantly updating us on what's going on, uh, benefits and other things that are available to us, and it's just a great way to connect with other veterans and, and learn, you know, as you just heard Patrick say, what you've earned, the benefits you earn by serving this country. So the website, once again, vfw.org slash assistance. All right, let's talk a little bit about um, what the future holds, Patrick, and then the graduate grassroots um, advocacy that we see going on now, a lot of which is due to you guys. So let's start with that. So what we're looking for uh, for the next Congress, and we're going to make kind of our next big mission now that PACT Act is kind of in our rearview mirror, is transition. Transition is something that every single service member goes through. Everybody at some point has to get out of the military. About 200,000 people go through that process every year. We've learned that a smooth positive transition can set people up for success, and a bad one can have negative impacts for years to come. There's also an epidemic right now, veteran suicide. One of the groups that is more heavily affected by that are troops that transitioned six to 12 months out. So recently separated veterans are at a higher, are more susceptible uh, to veteran suicide. So that's why we're really focusing on transition, making sure that everybody at the point of transition has signed up for VA care, if eligible, and is utilizing VA benefits such as the home loan or GI Bill, things like that. You know, and go back to that suicide thing for a minute because I've done some, uh, I've done some mental health shows, um, actually quite a few of them. Um, in fact, Ryan LaPiever, who is the uh, broadcaster for the Kansas City Royals, been doing it for over 20 years, um, did a, a fantastic show with us on mental health and, and the challenges he had in a book that he wrote called Shame on Me. Um, and he talks about that. But one of the things that we talked about was the rate of suicides among veterans coming back out of Iraq and Afghanistan was one of the highest we've ever seen. And it's still going on. Am I right or wrong about that? It is. We've put a lot of resources into veteran suicide and haven't seen substantive uh, changes in the, the numbers over the years. What we're looking to do is get smarter about that, learn exactly who is being affected by it, which generations. Are they utilizing VA care? Are they utilizing VA benefits? What is their financial situation? What's their socioeconomic situation? What's their mental health situation? We want to learn as much as we possibly can so we can target our efforts a little bit better. Yeah, and you know that's interesting because um, if you you know you've got 
people out there listening to this, their, their family member, they've got a young veteran or, or a veteran transition back out of, out of Iraq, Afghanistan, and they, they recognize they're having trouble. This would be an area where it would be the smart thing to do would be to reach out to you guys from the website, vfw.org slash assistance. Find a local um, service officer and have a conversation with them, right, and find out what can be done uh, to prevent this from becoming more and more of a problem. Absolutely, and one of the things that we believe the VFW can do in that um, in that arena is provide the sense of purpose. A lot of folks who die by suicide have expressed that they've lost that sense of purpose. That's why the VFW exists. It's not only there to help get the care and benefits you've earned, but also provide that sense of purpose, that sense of camaraderie, joining organizations like the VFW. If the VFW isn't in your town, find someone else to join, but continue to have that sense of purpose. Join the VFW and continue with a mission. You know, and it, it's interesting, you, know, you can, with us, you know, you know, we, we got on an airplane, we flew for 13 hours and we were home. You know, you, one, one day you're out, you know, humping a rice paddy with a, with a, with a CAR-14, a German Shepherd dog, and the next day you're home. <laughs> and it, was, it was different in World War II. Those guys came back by ship, most of them. You know, they had time to, you know, kind of wind down. It wasn't that way, and it's the same thing in Iraq and Afghanistan. These guys are out there running combat missions, doing all the things they're doing, and then they catch an airplane, and they come home, and they're back home, and it's like, what the hell am I doing here? Right, it could be... It, it can be eye-opening. It could be uh, a jarring experience, and that's why there are the the VFW has uh, service officers actually on bases, not just in the the states that I told you about. We're on uh, 24 major military installations that can help people sign up for the care and benefits while they're still u- wearing the uniform. We think that will help ease that transition burden. Wow, that, see, that is a very important piece of information. So you actually have VFW service officers on 24 of the bases around the country. Yes, we are there to help the men and women. We call it our pre-discharge representatives to make sure there's a lot of things that they don't realize they can enroll for, and some even begin utilizing while still in uniform. See, now that's something I had no idea uh, you know, was available, and I'm and I'm willing to bet that you know a lot of you know you, you've got a son or a daughter still in. I've got a couple of friends that you know one of them has got his son is still in the navy, and and he's a pilot. Um, so the, the, those those people would it would be very much to their advantage to sit down with the service officer and just say, hey, I'm getting out. I need help with this, or I need help with this transition. You know, what's available for me in terms of employment. Um, you know, my, you know, if you're married and you want, you know, you're thinking you've got a family, you're starting a family, you want a house, you've got, you know, to learn about the, you know, the, the loan programs, the other programs that are out there. You mentioned a couple of those education programs. Go back through those again because you, you talked about the two different kinds of loans or education programs that are out there uh, for veterans. Patrick? So, so the, the, the VA home loan is zero money down. Um, Normally, very good rates. Uh, right now in the housing market, everybody was struggling with, uh, you know, how <laughs> everything developed over the past two years with the world getting flipped upside down. But VA home loan, zero money down if you rate uh, a, a, a waiver of those funding fees. That can be tens of thousands of dollars that men and women save by utilizing the VA home loan. And deal. then the GI Bill is essentially paying for your, whether it's school, whether it's, uh, you know, four-year institution, higher learning, or 
a lot of training certificates and licensures, and they pay you a housing stipend to go to school. Those are two fantastic readjustment benefits that VA offers, and we encourage everybody to utilize them. Patrick, thank you for joining us today. This has been a great show with a lot of information. I know it's going to help a lot of people. It'll live on on the podcast platforms for all of you out there. Uh, again, that is Google uh, podcast, Spotify, Speaker, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Pandora, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and YouTube. It's there for everybody um, if you want to tell somebody to go up and listen to it. And now I leave you with this thought from Dr. Martin Luther King. Americans must learn to live together as brothers and sisters, or we will surely perish together as fools. Truer words were never spoken. Thank you for listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting here on the HI Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. Goodbye, America. Baby, baby.